When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, he's definitely improved. I mean, Kellen, Kellen's come a long way from when we first got here in the spring. And uh, as far as uh, the urgency with his drops, the, the, the footwork, uh, being able to get through those progressions like we talked about, um, you know, he, he's kind of, uh, he's very diligent as a, in his preparation and uh he studies it he knows it and it's just a matter of taking that knowledge uh, that he's got and just continuing to you know show it out here on the field welcome in purple daily that was offensive coordinator wes phillips talking about the uh, progress of quarterback kellen mond if the screen looks like it's uh, not exactly full with the entire cast uh, Phil Mackey has been in and out of meetings this week in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, he should be, I believe, will be back at full strength. That's debatable on Friday and then next week. So uh, so the um, the uncertainty about who's going to be appearing on this show at times will end on Friday. But uh, Declan Goff, we had the first of two joint practices today at TCO Performance Center. Sold out. Absolutely packed. Uh, Brad Childress stopped by. Saw that. Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's old man, coach of the 49ers, stopped by. Wow. A lot of dignitaries. And um, Alex so, Boone. Uh, yes. Jeremiah Jesse Searles. Jesse Pierce. Jesse Pierce was there. Exactly right. Who is wow. now, of course, on the uh, with Thor Nystrom Before I Die podcast that you can find on Score North channels. Yes, it was a who's who of sports royalty. My good man. Um lot to get to, though, because yeah. jo- joint practices mean competition. Joint practices mean football-y football. And joint practices mean we get answers. We get answers to what's going on. And we get them at, um, I would say, a higher speed than we get when the team is just in its own bubble in training camp practice. So are you ready? I'm ready, man. I got are you the ready? NFL Judd's talking bed. points off of what he Your saw note. today. So, t- so these are talking points. These aren't notes. Well, they could be notes. I like. I've are got the observations. Yeah, they're well. It's you know what? I'd go with this word. I think it's one word. Hodgepodge. Okay. It might be two words. Hodgepodge. Well, word. My father used that one a lot. A it's a good old school word, but you know, yeah. it's a hodgepodge. It's not. It's it's some observations. It's some notes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different tentacles that I'm about to bring to the show, and so I would okay. call it a hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Judd's Hodgepodge. If you can spell that, stick that on the graphic. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's start with this one. Kirk Cousins, uh, who missed. So he went home sick with COVID, I believe, on Thursday. 
Uh, didn't practice Thursday. Didn't take part in what was essentially a preparation for the Raiders walkthrough on Friday. Team traveled on Saturday. He missed the game, obviously, on Sunday. But that being said, I don't think he was going to play. And then they didn't practice Monday, and they were given Tuesday off. So as Kirk himself said, I guess if I was going to get sick, this was a good time because he didn't miss a ton of time. Uh, He came back today, participated fully in practice. He and Justin Jefferson continue to click. And this is the nice thing about this is the team drills, which um, if you're looking for highlights, so it's really weird. So the Vikings prohibit through their coaching staff us from giving highlights once the seven on seven drills start. Okay. So like Score North and and my own uh, um, feed on Twitter have some have some individual stuff, which means like Vikings receivers against Niners cornerbacks. Okay. But if you want to go search for this. You can find, it looks like the San Francisco reporters didn't have to adhere or didn't. Oh, okay. So, like, you can go find some good team classic, stuff. Classic Bay Area ig- ignorance. and kind Well, of or just being smart. But anyway, uh, go there to find, like, team drills and stuff. Because it, it's, it, it's fun to watch to get a glimpse of some things, including this. Justin Jefferson and Cousins continue to click. They continue to look good. Cousins did throw one pass that was picked off. Uh, by San Francisco defensive back George Odom. But I want to talk about it because it was sort of an interesting little play. Um, And it's a play that I think we're going to just see a ton of. The pass was not great, but the pass itself is a very reliable pass ordinarily, and I think especially from Kirk. It was a short pass to Dalvin Cook, who was split out. So he was not lined up in the backfield. And we're going to see this a lot. Now, now O'Connell wasn't too happy in the spring at the uh, at the um, I think it was was it mini camp or an OTA that was closed to fans and somebody wrote about the fact that uh, Dalvin Cook was split out, which he's going to be quite a bit. Uh, while the you don't want to see a pick thrown, you know this again we're getting at what we're going to see here, which is a lot of Jefferson. I think Dalvin Cook's going to see the ball a ton via the air. Um, I also want to take you down another path here. And, and we, we can cert, uh, certainly revisit this when Phil returns to the show. But I want to take you down another path, Dex, about the running backs as receivers, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's this. Dalvin Cook can catch. And Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to be, I think if he stays healthy, this is going to be as close this season to Alvin Kamara as he can get. Like, he's not the same player. But he can definitely catch more than he's ordinarily, I think, in this offense, gotten the ball thrown to him. Um, we have seen Wong Wu can catch and he can definitely, he's a guy football wise. If you get him in space, right? If you get him in space, he can do special things. Ty Chandler, I think again, and I don't know if he's great at catching the ball, but I think he is pretty good at it. And again, he's because of his speed. If you get, get him in space, um, you know, Phil has been talking about the possibility of, could they look to make a deal and trade uh, pending free agent after 2022, Alexander Madison? And you know what hit me today that might be intriguing about that? I wonder if his skill set is going, if Madison's skill set is going to fit this offense as well as like Cook does, Chandler does, Wong Wu does. So like instead of saying, well, he's just not going to play a lot unless Cook gets hurt, which of course you're afraid of. I wonder if internally there would be discussions about, you know what, 
this is the one guy whose skill set doesn't necessarily fit as well as as the other three guys. So could there be a possibility that Madison, at least a potential trade, could be explored based on his skill set too? So not just uh, not just uh, well, he's not going to play as much, and we'd like to get something for him as there are going to be definite chips and pieces of this offense that fit in it previously that probably won't be as good a fits in the O'Connell system. And I wonder if Madison will fall into that category just a little bit. Well, I, I think it's fair to say that his skill set doesn't fit it. Um, he, he's a solid running back and get you four yards and you need three. I don't think he's going to be someone that relied upon in, in the passing game a whole lot. You know, when he's been called upon for Dalvin Cook, uh, when he's missed time, there's been games where Madison has played very well, but I wouldn't really call him an explosive player. He's kind of a traditional, one of those old school bell cow running backs. Hand him off in the single back or I formation, and yeah, he'll get you three and a half to four yards. But I don't know what the market is for him. And my only uh, disclaimer, if you're going to trade him, is if someone else becomes desperate. You know, they're not just going right. to give him away, then, right. and, and rightfully so, they shouldn't. Yep. Um, but if someone loses their starting running back between now and the opening week of the season, that creates some desperation, and that's going to give some uh, some demand up for Alexander Madison's trade value. So I think that's still the scenario. I would be shocked if they just moved on from him for nothing. Yes, but you're I, right. I agree with you. You're right in that his skill set I don't think really fits what the new running back wants to do, and let alone what Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips want their running backs to do. With the fact Dalvin Cook is now splitting outside, the fact like guys like Kanae Nwangwu and Ty Chandler are getting out in space, you know, I, I was talking about this with Realistic Randy in this channel. You know, I, I was always a big, and so was Randy, a big Jet, uh, Jarek McKinnon fan. I love Jarek McKinnon. I, I thought he was a nice oh, yeah. at bat that God, yeah. look, he, he's not going to bulldoze you at the line for a, for a, for a power run, but, but give the ball give him some space with the football and he's going to be able to create something out of the other things. And I think Nuwangwu and Ty Chandler are part of that culture that can kind of create space in their own right. So yeah, I, I, I think Madison probably still makes this roster unless mm-hmm. a team comes calling because they lost their running back. Yes. Yeah. I, I would agree um, completely. They're not going to waive him. He could be traded. Yeah. He is not going to be, and I don't think they're desperate to trade him um, in three years. Here are his targets and reception total. Okay. His first year, targeted only 12 times, caught 10. His second year, targeted 15 times, caught 13. Now, last year, that spiked up to 39 targets, 32 catches, 228 yards, and one touchdown. That's not too bad. That's, you know, that speaks to the fact that he can catch the ball. I just, I've been going through this and trying to, like, think of, there are definitely guys on both sides of the football who probably aren't going to fit into what the Vikings are going to to do now who were drafted and or signed previously by by the Spielman-Zimmer administration mm-hmm. uh, because they did what, what those guys um, desired at that time. So just a thought there. Okay. Uh, I want to go back to something you said off the jump with uh, with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson clicking yeah. here in, in the first part of practices. I, I think the story of, at least on social media, from today's practice was the Kirk Cousins you bleeping like that moment that took place on the field. I yes, was wondering and, if, if you saw that and could, because uh-huh. there's no audio of this and there's no video because at that portion, yes, that no one was allowed to film and no one was allowed to hear it and see it. Everyone's been asking about it. Did you see this take place and what caused the you bleeping like that moment? Do you know? 
Yeah, it was early. So I did not hear him. Um, I, I was down. So I was watching the drills, but I was down from where he was. And I'm pretty sure it happened on the same play that Thielen was complaining to, to an official on site because for the second consecutive week, the Vikings, it looks like, have real officials who my guess is are going to work the game on Saturday. Uh, oh, and Thielen okay. didn't like the fact that he got hit, and so he was complaining, and that's what I could hear. But, yes, I was told from people that were far closer to Kirk than I was in watching that play that he 1,000% said, you effing like that, which, you know, for Kirk, he doesn't use the the F-bomb much. I was told Dad was there watching, so oh, Don nice. heard this. Johnny. So Don's probably praying right now for his son. But, um, yeah, so he definitely said, according to – what I was told by reliable Vikings reporters, you effing like that to San Francisco. And um, I was also told today that when Kirk did his press conference first day back after being out with COVID, that he was sort of not in a great mood. And he wasn't. I and, well, and, he, and you know what? Dude might fl- flat out not, you know, he might not feel great yet. Who knows? Or he might be mad because he thought he was going to get questions about COVID. Um, he was. He was, yeah, I totally was sort of just not happy. I watched the press conference when it was happening live on, on Tuesday or uh, excuse me, Wednesday morning. And it just, yeah, he seemed a little, um, deterred. I think it's probably the right, right word. He, he just didn't seem. But did someone ask a question that you. No, uh, you know, Thomason asked him about, you know, what were your symptoms and, you know, do you not feel great? And, and honestly, it wasn't a vindictive question. And I don't think Kirk took it to offense, you know, to your point. Um, maybe he's still not feeling 100%. I mean, maybe he's just annoyed. Possible that this is still happening. A lot of people yeah. are still annoyed about that in the world. So I, I don't, it, it was weird. You know, Kirk will say a whole lot to say nothing. Yeah. He, he, yes. he did not say a whole lot to well, say. Well, he just basically said it was a quick, it was like five minutes. Yeah. You know, Kirk will be up there for 10 to 15 minutes and we'll pontificate for, for the as, same long thing. As, as, as long as you want. But yes, he, he said next to nothing. It was about as quiet as I've ever heard him. Does the fact that Kirk definitely used very loudly an F-bomb Make you like him more. I mean, I I, I love the Barato. I, I love I love I love that he has the stones to say that kind of stuff. I want him to say that more. I, he's the corporate quarterback, dude. He has this the the tie, you know, completely up there in a nice wins or not, and then doesn't really show much emotion. We're in a league where showing emotions okay. All right, I'm almost thirty years old. It's okay that I see people younger than me showing some emotion. Kirk, good for you. I love that. I love that he did that. I'd like to explain something real real quick here uh, about Kirk as well because I think it's uh it's a question I've seen on Twitter and and I think it's important to clarify this, okay? Um cuz I think that there's a surprise by some that a year ago a guy like me was bugged by Kirk not being vaxxed and then and then was exposed. He he did get uh, COVID late in the season, but of course had to sit out 5 days in training camp because of uh, exposure to it. Um, and so, like, the question I've got is, well, now you're not saying much about it, okay? And I made this clear on Twitter, but I will make it clear on this show as well. Kirk's health was never my concern. Kirk's physical health was not I, what I, like, I'm vexed. He's not. That's cool. The only thing I cared about was the league's mandate that he had to miss time. And it, was that going to cost him, and it did, being able to play in a key game? So that was the only, so, like, I, I think that there was a, a feeling that like we were taking the political, you know, vax non, you know what? Politics, religion, vaccination, that's up to you. I don't care what you do. You shouldn't care what I do. Um, but when it affects your job and you're paid millions, yes, and you play for a football team I cover, I'm gonna rip you. 
Yeah. Um, but this had nothing to do and has nothing to do with anything. Like, if he doesn't get sick, awesome. If he gets super sick, that's too bad. I but it doesn't affect me. Right. Um, so I just want to make this very, very clear. My sports stance has always been how does it affect the sport? I see like I don't see athletes as like, oh, they're just like me. They're not just like me. They, they're yeah. paid millions of dollars. Like um, and so, so but, but I just, I felt like there there was this pushback of, well, it's different now, huh? Yeah, it's different. The league basically doesn't care anymore. Right. So, like, it's very important for me to show the difference, though, in those two two things, because this is not a political show. It is. That's important to clarify. And I, it never I, will be a political yep, show. And I, I agree with you fully there. Before we get to your next note here, Judd, I want to shout yes, out sir. my friends at uh, Brainerd International Raceway. The Lucas Oil Nationals are happening this weekend, baby. That's right, August 18th to 21st. You get tickets. gets you included with a pit pass. You're right out there. Nice. You like that? I do like that. I do bleeping like that. I like you that a lot. You like that, Declan? I do. I do. So uh, if you'd like to go up to Brainerd International Raceway, uh, get your tickets now at BIRMN.com. That's BIRMN.com. Brand International Raceway, the Lucas Oil Nationals happening this weekend. All right, awesome. Um, all right, from starting quarterback to backup quarterback competition, competition, right. competition, Com- competition. Uh, Kellen Mond coming off what was a, I would say, solid performance in preseason game one. Yep. Took the, took the, I'll say this slowly. He took the first reps with the second team throughout this practice. Sean Mannion then took the secondary reps with the second team. Wow. So they so they so to a large degree they split reps. But here's the subtle difference, and we saw this at the night practice a week ago Monday. That's important. Um, for the second time in this camp, they ran a two minute drill at the end of practice. This was, of course, in in the one at least that I watched. It was Vikings offense versus San Francisco defense. Kirk Cousins ran the first one, which um, culminated in a, a Greg Joseph field goal. Uh, Kellen Mond ran the second one, made a couple of nice throws. That also culminated in a Joseph field goal, uh, but Mannion did not run one. And so I would say that there is no question that um, Mond is pulling ahead in this race. Hmm. And I'm curious if Mannion now comes back and gets the reps and in the earlier reps that Mon got today, but I don't think there's any way that you could watch that game on Sunday and be like, "Yeah, we're leaning towards Mannion." Um, and and Sean was actually better today, but I still don't care about that. Yeah. But but my but my sense is whatever the plan is, I really think I don't think Mon is fighting for his job. I think Mannion is, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's you know just my personal opinion. I don't think he's going to make it. Well, good. I, I mean, Kellen Mond should have every opportunity to run all these two-minute drills and these situations. That's what these practices are for. I really think, and this isn't groundbreaking, but I think a lot of people kind of get confused and fans who watch preseason football, you know, what, what am I watching? You know, I'm watching the games. I'm watching guys throw up big numbers. I'm watching Kellen Mond, and I look at the box score, and he has 116 passer rating. These joint practices are what really matters more. That's, that's the thing I think I have gathered um, from yes. covering football now. And talking about football in a while, as I morphed out of more of a fan and as into this kind of role, talking to other people who cover football and people who are a lot smarter than me when it comes to this stuff, this practice stuff is a lot more important than what happens in a preseason game. So the fact that Kellen Mond is having those opportunities, I think, speaks volumes to your point. He probably is starting to pull ahead a little bit and starting to solidify himself as potentially the QB2 of the roster. Exactly right. And so to that point as well, Declan, you know, Cousins practiced. Jefferson, 
Thielen. Go down that in- entire list. There's a very good chance none of those guys are going to play Saturday. So you are right. Like they are, the these two practices is where they're actively working on things that are going to be important. I'm not saying that the preseason games aren't, but, but and these practices get physical to a certain degree at times, yeah. uh, but, you know, there's not full tackling, right? Like Jefferson went down a couple of times, and I'm like, oh no! But but if you put him in a game, odds are that the contact and physical nature of that game are going to be potentially a lot more brutal. So yes, these practices are far more important towards getting your team ready for September 11th against the Packers than Saturday. And you are going to see in these practices a lot more players who down the road are going to matter. Where I think. Saturday, we're going to see the Mons for sure, uh, but we're not going to see, I don't think, you know, Kirk and and Harrison Smith. And you don't need to. I, I don't want to get him hurt. So Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool, I'm cool there. All right, we have, some, we have some clarification on one of the few first-team battles. We have some clarification. But before we do that, I want to talk about a very important thing. I want to talk about my 40-pound my loss, thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. They most importantly, are helping me to keep that weight off too. And that's the important thing. I've said this a thousand times, but it, it's worth repeating a thousand and one. We all have lost weight. If if you are like me and you've battled the bulge, if you've battled the weight problems, we all have lost weight. But what do we fail to do? We fail to keep that weight off. And that is exactly what I've gotten help doing. And now... I also want to tell you about teamwork in the Zolgad household because Dawn came to, to me and she's like, you've lost all this weight. It's fantastic. I'd like to lose some too. As of yesterday, she's down 16 pounds. So that. we are nearing we are nearing a 60-pound loss in this household. And I w- want you to, to join us now. The anniversary sale, you can join the program 50% off. That's right, 50% off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. I'll say it again. Get started now. Lose that weight. Fit into those uh, clothes. 50% off. It's as easy as this. L-I-V-E-A.com. All right. I've got some clarification of a race that, uh, you know what, I'm, you know what, Dex? I'm going to call it. You're going to what? I'm going to call it. Like a political call race. it. Oh, Steve Konecki. You know, we're I'm looking gonna here to you again, and we're going to see gonna, if these votes are coming in from over here, and we're going to look at Hennepin County. We're going to look over there, and charts? we can see this going on. Where are my charts? Okay, yeah, I'm right. calling the race at right guard. It's over. <laughs> okay. Ed Ingram took all of the snaps with the first team today. So he played Jesse Davis, the veteran that they signed from the Dolphins, started at right guard on Sunday, first team. Ingram came in then with the second team, absolutely, by all accounts, outstanding. Today, and they had been previously the last week or so in practice, splitting reps. Today, Ed Ingram gets all of the reps with the ones. Davis not only didn't take the reps with the twos at right guard, he's been moved to, he was moved to left guard, which which strikes me as he's going to make the roster and they want to basically get him reps at different places because the most important thing that you can get from the majority of your backup offensive Lineman is what? Versatility. So Davis was now at left guard, second team. Chris Reed continues to be out, and he's been out about a a week or so. So I don't know what his status is going to be, but he has definitely missed uh, some probably very key time. But I'm calling it Declan Goff. Ed Ingram is your right guard. Race is over. I love it. 
I love it. Good for Ed Ingram, man. I mean, the, the, we've been pining for any type of stability on the right guard spot. There's an amazing pecking order on the Score North YouTube channel where we go over all of the uh, right guards that have been for the Vikings on the offensive line over the last 10 years, and it's it's a list, baby. It is a list. It is not great, and we're hoping for stability, and Ed Ingram might be that guy uh, here. He looks like he's going to have the leg up over uh, over Chris Reed or whoever else would, would challenge him for that position. Good for Ed Ingram. Now he's got to figure out the center position, but this is one less chess piece you got to worry about. I think it's to, I think it's going to, to be, for better or worse, to start the season. Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. I think it's going to be. There's nothing like... So it was it was Bradbury, and then I would say Schlotman as the as the two A decks, okay. and and Chris Reed two B. Now Chris Reed has been out for a, a week, and I thought Schlotman played pretty well against the Raiders on Sunday, uh, but there has been no indication, zero indication so far that okay. Garrett Bradbury is not the guy. Greg Joseph, the leg. Oh, yeah. Look, Greg Joseph it. today. Um, hits from 45, 42, 34, 41, 50, and 43 yards. So he made, what? what's that one? Uh, six. He made six kicks. He missed two from 45 and 48, but I'm going to explain it away quickly because I think it can be explained. Okay. Those were, those were the two kicks that he missed were where Ryan Wright, who was competing with punter and normal holder Jordan Berry, Ryan Wright replaced Jordan Berry to get some holding experience and okay. Joseph missed both. And this goes back to what we've discussed before, the continuity of the long snapper, the holder and the kicker, incredibly important. So I believe when Jordan Berry was holding um, Greg Joseph, six for six, when he wasn't two misses, why the Vikings have a backup punter in training camp. If you know, call me. I have no idea. I was asking about that today. I'm like, what are they? What's the competition here? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. But anyway, he got Either. some. He did hold a couple of times, and uh, Greg Joseph. Uh, uh, an offensive two. line question, and if it's spoiling your next point, then even better. It's a great segue here. I, I did see uh, some people talking about Christian Derrissaw holding his own against. Uh, is it Nick Bosa? I believe that's Nick on the yep. Nick Bosa on the Niners. There's so many dang Bosa, and they're all so good. I, yep. I heard he was uh, holding his own there. Yeah, he's had a good camp. He's had a good camp. Um, he has, I, I think beyond the fact, the only disappointing thing about him since he was a first round pick of the Vikings in April, 2021 was the fact that he was, uh, coming off a college injury that he aggravated. And I think had to have a procedure during training camp last year and missed the, the beginning of the season. But beyond that, Christian Derrissaw has played well, man, this offensive line, this is why I want them to get center, right? Cause it feels like it with, with Ingram now, taking hold at right guard, second-round pick. It really feels like the Vikings, for the first time in a long time, are on the right track to have an incredibly solid line aside from one position. But, yeah, Dar- I think saw I think, and I know Brian O'Neill are both really good. Like I, like, I think this is going to work. I think the tackles, barring a person being hurt, I think the, uh, the offensive tackles for the Vikings are settled for a while. And yes, right. Bosa Bosa looked good, but Darisaw. I think it's very fair to say that Darisaw was a um, was a fitting opponent for, for him, and I thought both played well. Oh yeah, uh, Justin Jefferson. Okay, you know what? I'm going to pour one out to Justin Jefferson. Oh wow, look at this! What's the credo of this show, Declan? What's our our motto? 
We'd love to on, see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know what? I got four of these that there are going to be available at U.S. Bank Stadium from our friends at Surly Brewing starting on Saturday before I die. And you know what? Justin Jefferson deserves all four. Justin Jefferson, because if there is any chance the Vikings are going to do this before I die, and, you know, I'm 52, um, Justin Jefferson's going to have to play a key role. And and our friends at Surly are smart enough to know that, you know what, no better motivation than, than this delicious beer. And, of course, it's not just about this one beer. It's about Furious. It's about Logic Bomb. All of our fa- favorites, exactly right, there's a Furious right there. All of our favorites, you know where they come from? They come from our friends at Surly Brewing. Uh, Justin Jefferson now. Now, to be fair, the the 49ers' top two cornerbacks were out of today's joint practice. Uh, But, my God, does he continue just to look special. Mm. Uh, This is as much fun watching a player in training camp as you can possibly have. It might not be Mossonian, but it's damn close at times, man. This guy is continues in every way, shape, or form. He can be going against best players. He can be going against slappies. But in every way, Justin Jefferson stands out and impresses. And um, I cannot wait to see, starting against the Packers, what the Cousins-Jefferson so, sort of new age connection, because they've certainly had success together before, but what the new age connection in what they're going to be asked to do I cannot wait to see this thing start to click because if it clicks, I think it's going to be special. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I mean, in an age where wide receivers are starting to blossom a lot more and, and ones are getting paid like crazy, and that's a dilemma that the Vikings will have to figure out uh, by next spring, but not something to worry about right now at the moment. I'm excited to watch this dude ball, man. I mean, the Vikings have had a lot of good wide receivers who have been good work, man, right? You know, Adam Thielen worked his tail off to be where he is. You know, Stefan Diggs was inactive for a couple games his rookie rookie year but it was such a good route runner and turned into a very good wide receiver um this is awesome that justin jefferson has basically stepped into like superstardom mode basically from the jump and you know poor ola bc johnson's career i think is going to be remembered as the guy who started over him for two games to start his rookie campaign which probably wasn't really his fault exactly so uh, but it, I'm glad to see him still balling out justin jefferson that is and i think he's gonna have a big year man he's got even a bigger one on deck the incredible thing too with Justin is he catches everything. He catches a he, he deep, um, short routes, intermediate. It doesn't matter. He catches everything. All right, I haven't done too much defense, so I want to close joint practice observations, notes, mishmash from the defensive side of the football. Uh, the Vikings first team defense going against Trey Lance, who's going to be the 49ers new starting quarterback. Zadarius Smith, I told you in the notes that we did, and I, I think it, it was my five keys to things I was curious to see. Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, who I don't think are going to play in any of the three preseason games, but I was curious to see against, you know, decent foes, what they look like. Zadarius Smith today. Uh, now, now these aren't, these aren't tackles to the ground, so keep that in mind. But he would have had two sacks, and one of them came against a pretty good player, 49ers left tackle Trent w- Williams, who is uh, um, an outstanding, one of the best, yeah, the best. left tackles to play this game. Um, a guy who, a guy like Christian Derrissaw, is just hoping to reach his status at some point in time during the course of his career. But Zadarius Smith has looked, in training camp practices to me, damn good. 
and and the potential to get to Lance twice. And the other thing, and this is good news, Patrick Jones the second also mm-hmm. two potential sacks. And I'm wow. telling you, I I think this kid's going to be sneaky. Like I I think that there's I think Patrick Jones is going to force the issue of when he starts by 2023. And and is Patrick Jones going to line up as a lineman or or is it outside linebacker? So he'll stand linebacker, up. LLB. He'll okay. stand up. Now some of those guys. I have seen Hunter and Zadarius Smith with their hand in the ground at times. So, like, Patrick Jones, same thing. But he officially, with the switch from Zim's defense to what Ed Donatell has brought in, Patrick Jones, along with uh, with um, Smith and with Hunter, have all now been reclassified as outside linebackers. Right. But uh, Patrick Jones, I think, is going to, and it's going to be tough, but I think he's going to force the issue of you got to find a way to play this kid the more i see he's not perfect but i think he i i think he's the only third round pick from 2021 that rick might have really hit on Hmm. yeah i mean i'd be terrified if i saw zadarius smith and daniel hunter standing up ready to ready to come after me as i'm just trying to hike the ball and and not completely bleep down my leg and then you're adding guys like Patrick Jones, who uh, could be you're forgetting about, right? All the attention goes on these guys, and then you know it, that kind of that helped Ray Edwards' career. Like everyone, like let's stop Jared Allen. Oh, uh, by the way, there's two guys in the middle in the Williams wall, and then also Ray Edwards is coming at you. Like there's mm-hmm. kind of an if do de facto situation where if the defense are going to try to stop these two dudes, well, don't sleep on Patrick Jones getting after the QB either. So I think it's great. It's great that Ed Donatel's got this new system here on the meat and potatoes football of a, of a new scheme. A three, I'm all four, about it. Three four. Multiple. Okay, last thing. Yes, sir. Last thing, sir, from the defense. Uh, the cornerbacks. Cam Dantzler, nice day. Nice day. Patrick Peterson, Damn this me. is available on the, the Twitter on the Twitter machine. It is Trey Lance throwing, I believe his name is, is uh, Gray, the receiver for San Fran. Uh, it's a beautiful pass, but Trey Lance completely burns, and Gray, Gray does too, and it's speed, and this is what's intriguing about it. Patrick Peterson on a deep ball. Um, this is intriguing because of this. Patrick Peterson's very, very smart. He is a mm-hmm. he, he is a former outstanding player who can still get by and certainly brings um, knowledge and a veteran yeah. presence. But that being said, where I get a little bit concerned is – there are a lot of guys in this league now with speed to burn, and Patrick Peterson does not have speed to burn. And if you go watch this play, this is my this is probably my biggest concern about like if you if he loses one more step, you might be in trouble. Like this is where you have to say, do we have just in case, do we have somebody at corner, a young corner, uh, set to go? Because that play is very much how th- this league works right now. And uh, Patrick Peterson, I don't think there's a lot that you can do to make up for it because if you try and grab the guy or bump him, it's going to draw a flag. So that's where this gets a little bit dicey with him because if there, if any of the speed that he still had in 2021 is gone now, um, it could be difficult with good quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, he, he's a veteran guy, and and you know, not I don't know if he's a bound for Canton, but he certainly has a case of as one of the better cornerbacks of the, of the last decade in the 2010s but um isn't the player he used to be but still a very viable player and probably more valuable maybe off the field than on it um but i i, I just hope that 
Patrick Peterson kind of still fits in here, right? Like he's not a liability, doesn't turn into someone that's bad. And if Cam Dantzler can be that person that steps up, like we've all kind of been asking him to do since his rookie season, right. well, that's good. Because I, uh, as we talked about last uh, in the last episode of Purple Daily, you know that that cornerback position is their weakest position of the brood. So they can't really afford to have a weak pass rush because I don't think those defensive backs, even with Cam Dantzler taking a step forward, I don't think those defensive backs can be shutting down opposing wide receivers uh, by any means. All right, I'm exhausted. You That's are. all I got. I'm back tomorrow, 10 okay. to noon again. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I am I am tuckered out. I'm done here. My work is done. My notebook is cleaned out. My computer or my my uh, phone cleaned out. I got nothing else for you. I've given everything I can possibly give, Declan God. Well, that, that's kind of how I feel when I uh, step off after playing 18 holes. You know, I, I, I need a nap after I play 18. And guys Sometimes. like Patrick Peterson, you know, Sometimes he probably doesn't need a much. nap. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's a different story. I'm not here to talk about that necessarily. That's for like feedback Friday or another statement on a Monday. But when I do go golf and I go to the Meadows at Mystic Lake, which is an award-winning 18 hole public golf course, great GPS system on the carts. You know, we're winding down on summer here, but you know what? It, it's, it's still nice out. You still got another six to seven weeks of golf season left here oh, in yeah. Minnesota. Oh. So, uh, book your tee time now, golfthemeadows.com to learn more, a full service golf shop too. I, I can't stand when I go to check in for my tee time and, Maybe I need a sleeve of balls, and there's only like three options available. And there's plenty of apparel there at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. They have a full-service golf shop. Book your tee time right now. GolfTheMeadows.com to learn more. Judd, writing it down right now. GolfTheMeadows.com to learn more. All right. right. So you need to rest. That's it. Yeah, I'm tuckered out. Okay. Phil's back at some point soon. At some point, we think. I need some oxygen. I want you to nurse yourself a surly and just, just kind of rock yeah, yourself to sleep a little bit. Before okay, I die, how about don't that? forget, Saturday at the stadium, if you're going, right. pick it one up. There. There, it will be I'm there. I'm just going to park those there. Much Hit the subscribe months. button, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Judd will be out there all week, yes, and the Vikings play the 49ers at U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday. This has been Purple Daily, where we just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.